0: The challenge is not to have an opinion, but to have the good questions.
1: This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Bloom and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of... Hey, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk talk listen. And as always, I'm delighted with today's guest who will introduce herself. Lisbeth, please go ahead.
0: Yes, thank you, Maurice. Uh, I'm also delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting. Uh, my name is Lisbeth Rijstijk and I work for um, Windersheim University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands. Um, I'm one of the two managers of Windnesheim Honors College, and we provide Um, Honours education for uh, students in the Netherlands and abroad. And one of the programs that we offer is a four year uh, business uh, program, uh, BBA uh, for international students. And uh, we developed this program in 2009 and it is totally devoted to um, sustainable development. So how can you uh, do business in a way that it is not hurting the planet and the people, but it's helping the planet and the people. That's the idea behind the program, Global Project uh, and Change Management, it's called.
1: Okay. And uh, may I ask, so what is your own background? So How did you get involved with, with this institute the- and the work?
0: Right, right. Yeah, I, uh, my background is uh, quite broad, actually, I, uh, my background is in communication science development, communication science uh, and health promotion. And I did my PhD in uh, psychology and neuropsychology. Um, and um, I worked for a couple of years for the United Nations in different parts of the world in uh, the Pacific and in uh, Central Asia. And in the Pacific, it was on media development. uh, And in the Pacific, it was on HIV AIDS prevention mostly. Um, And after returning to the Netherlands, I worked for four years for the Ministry of Justice in child protection um, uh, services. But then, uh, yeah, I was around 40 and I thought, okay, I think I really would like to go into education. And that's uh, when I started uh, in education with uh, Windersheim University. Um, and then after a couple of years, um, there was this opportunity. Windersheim wanted to develop a Windersheim Honors College for uh, students who wanted to um, yeah, take the extra mile, basically. And um, um, I applied for uh, a job there. And I had the chance to develop the whole Idea, the whole concept, the whole program, oh wow, um, together with my colleagues, also uh, of course, um, and it was really, yeah, really very nice thing to do because you could put everything that you find important and uh, that you th- uh, think is important for young people to learn, uh, we could put into that that uh, concept and that program, and it evolved, of course, over the years, and um, yeah, that, that's how I came to uh, this program. Mm.
1: And and um, as you just mentioned, you know, it evolved over the years. Can you elaborate on that? You know, what is different that you're doing today and in comparison, you know, with the start of it?
0: Yeah, when we started, um, that was in 2009. Actually, the the focus on sustainability and sustainable business was not as huge as it is nowadays. So um, we really had to um, fight for our place in the university and also in education. Uh, So we had a lot of struggles in the beginning to convince basically other people also that it's worthwhile to invest in young people um, and to teach about sustainable uh, development uh, topics. They, um, the, the university and other business programs, they uh, typified us as the ideal, idealistic program uh, who wanted to change the world. And um, that's basically also what we wanted. But we also wanted that other business programs would Do the same because we strongly believed that this is the way to go. So what is different in the in the beginning we we were I think uh, very much uh, aware of our responsibility to to make it really happen Um, and nowadays we are more like okay uh, we are there uh, we have proven ourselves and we can now really uh, innovate um, ourselves again. And that means that we are constantly looking at what is happening in the world, what are new uh, things and trends that are uh, coming up that we think, hey, this is really interesting and worthwhile to follow and to uh, to see how we can incorporate it in our program. And I must say our students are a big inspiration source for that. Uh, the IDGs, they actually, uh, it, it, it was one of our students who, uh, came with the IDGs to us. Uh, listen, I um, I was in a, in a session somewhere, and they were talking about the inner development goals. And I think it's really important that we look at this. So we are really a learning community together, and that's also different from the start. I think. Okay. Our curriculum is very much uh, based on um, working uh, already with real-life challenges. So from day one, our students are presented a challenge from a client from the region where we live in. It's always connected to one of uh, or more of the sustainable development goals. And uh, throughout the whole program, they work on real-life challenges, which is um, in the in the beginning, it's regional and not very very complex. And at the end, it's international and quite complex uh, 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 problems. So um, I think that's very important that it's not only about theory, but they get theory in class and they uh, at the same time they can apply it in a real life context together with professionals um, outside the university. This is quite uh, unique, I think, in the world, maybe not so much in the Netherlands, but it's uh, quite different from other universities in the world. It uh, teaches
2: our students a lot.
1: And, and are are the, you know, the companies that you work with, or are they satisfied with, with the work of, the, of your students or how, is, how does
0: that go? Yeah, not always, of course, but uh, usually they are. Especially in year one, we work with um, uh, fixed um, uh, partners so for a couple of years so that we can also uh, develop and also for our clients, they can uh, develop uh, a more structural long term uh, program with our students. Um, and it's about, for instance, energy transition in the region, how to uh, involve young people in the energy transition or about uh, poverty in the region. And um, so we work, for instance, with the food bank, the local food bank. And so And um, these structural partners, they are quite satisfied because our students can really do something. And so it's they work for a whole year on the project. So they d- develop um, a pro- project, they implement it, they evaluate it, and the next batch builds upon that. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the the That's clients amazing. are also very uh, very uh, happy with uh, yeah. with that. Um,
1: great, great. So I, I imagine that so, you know, when you started, you linked your work with it's the Millennium Development Goals at that time. And then you moved, you know, when the world said, OK, now we have the, the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, you started to link the curriculum with that. Um, and now you, yeah, this this relatively new in the development goals that's linked to the curriculum as well. Um, and yeah, so can you maybe explain to the listeners you know how from your perspective, the inner development goals are linked with the sustainable uh, development goals and you know why it's important and and uh, maybe also something um in how you know your your students, your younger uh, the younger generation resonates with with uh, with that or not?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, first about the Millennium Goals. Of course, that was part of our curriculum as well. But I must say that um, for me, the Millennium Goals were too much only focused on the so-called developing world. I don't like that world uh, word, but uh, it was not um, uh, for me. It was not a holistic agenda at that time. Uh, so from the start, we said uh, we, we worked with uh, more with the PPP, the People, Planet, Prosperity uh, Paradigm. Um, um, and when the SDGs uh, came into existence in 2015, we saw the potential of this agenda and we thought, OK, this is really interesting because it's not only focusing on one part of of the worlds, basically, but it's uh, focusing on the total uh, planet and the total world, and uh, also our responsibility in taking um, steps towards a more sustainable world. so um, and I think also from the start of our program, we noticed that uh, young people really, really need. Uh, A lot of we need to pay a lot of attention in education towards the inner development of uh, students, but also lectures and staff. It's uh, we don't, we don't, yeah, of course, you have students, you have lectures, you have staff, but we try to really be a a learning community together. Um, So we, from the start, we had a lot of attention to personal development. um, Who am I? Why? Uh, where do I come from? Uh, what is my value system? Where does that come from? What are other value systems and what is in it? What is worthwhile in the other uh, value systems that I can learn from? Uh, of course, we have an international community. So that is very rich learning environment in itself. Um, so who am I, where do I come from, what is my purpose in life, what is it that I really would like to do, what, what is really important to me that I want to make a difference. These are really important elements in our curriculum um, and students love it, um, uh, they they really need to have this kind of education, so when the uh, inner development goals came into, uh, into our um, uh, it was brought, as I, I uh, said before, by one of our students. Uh, we we thought, oh, this is interesting because this is another framework that we could use in our curriculum to combine the sustainable development goals, our curriculum, and the inner development goals, and to make it, yeah, an integral part of uh, our curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the inner development goals are, yeah, it's very important. There is we always say there is no transition without transformation. So it really has to start from within. If you don't really um, have the drive that comes from within to change something and to change yourself, then it is not going to happen. But that's uh, that's why I think it's very important to have these inner development goals mm-hmm. to to make the change that we need to to have in the world.
1: And although you know I've talked very often about the Sustainable Development Goals and the inner more recently about the Inner Development Goals as well in this podcast, may I ask you you know if you have to explain you know to a student or a or a you know the grandmother of a student <laughs> what what the SDGs and the IDGs are about in a in a you know in two tweets or or you know in a very in an elevator mm-hmm. speech how how would you explain mm-hmm. that?
0: It's yeah, a quite a difficult question. Yeah, the, um, um, for me, the SDGs is um, it's um, let's say a common framework, uh, also a common language, a common yeah, a, a common framework to towards how to achieve a more justice and more sustainable and equal world together. Uh, what I find important um, and we all always teach our students is to notice how uh, interrelated the SDGs are, so it's not a matter of focusing on one or two SDGs, you can't do that, you have to uh, view the, the total uh, framework um, uh, in uh, relationship to, towards each other. So. Um, because the, the 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 challenges that we are facing are really really complex we call a, we call them wicked wicked challenges um and if you want to uh yeah you can't even solve real wicked challenges can't really be solved uh, of course we we strive towards solving them mm-hmm. but it's more a tackling tackling the problems but by tackling uh, one of the sdgs it's it's like um uh, an ecosystem or a network uh, uh, system if if you if you change something in in the system some somewhere else uh, another problem will pop up and you have to uh, tackle that problem as well and what we see a lot in universities we are organized in Uh, Let's say uh, disciplines, Um, so you tackle problems from one discipline uh, and uh, sometimes from another discipline in a sometimes multidisciplinary way, but that won't solve the the SDGs, you really have to tackle them as a whole in an interdisciplinary or even transdisciplinary way. Yeah, so it's I find it very difficult to to do it in a pitch uh, of a very... uh, Your question was, how would you explain it very simply? Well, it's not a simple uh, uh, thing. The SDGs, they are very complex goals, very complex challenges. They are interrelated uh, by solving one part of a problem. Other problems will pop up um, and you have to approach them in a holistic integral way. Mm. That means that you have to, uh, that it's very important that we collaborate. Uh, the collaboration, I think is central. So the SDG 17 partnerships, I think it's a very important uh, SDG that we learn to step over our our own boundaries and our own egos. Uh, Also, uh, from organizational perspective, uh and and um start collaborating in, instead of competing each other um i think that's that's the only way to to really tackle these these problems
2: okay yeah
1: thank you and then the the inner development goals is the is the um you know the recently developed notion that you know you you can't work on those 17 SDGs without looking at yourself and as well as the community as a whole, right? So um and and yeah. that resonates with me because I'm I'm a as the listeners know I'm a kind of a fan of the philosopher Ken Wilber who says every issue has at least four perspectives: I, we, it, and its. So mm-hmm. you know that brings it all together. Um no, th- thanks for that, uh, Elizabeth. Hey, you, you know that or maybe you don't know um, mm-hmm. that I started this podcast as a result of a 100 mile walk that I started 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago now. And during, you know, during those walks where I try to walk 100 miles in a week, so that means 15 to 20 miles a day I was very often accompanied by a person or or a group of people for at least, you know, a mile. Uh, sometimes much more, sometimes a whole day, and then you know we started to talk, and it was really good, and it made uh, for me inspirational as well. And we, I made some videos about it. But two years ago, when COVID kicked in, I had to walk alone, so um, I was not accompanied anymore. So then I thought, okay, maybe I can do this virtually. That uh, went a little bit out of hand because I, I think I've made now more than a hundred <laughs> episodes. Um, but it is, yeah, so it's it's really uh, be nice. but so so basically, the, you know the question that I always ask my guests um is you know, if you would be asked to walk one hundred mile um and I walk it for to end hunger, today's awareness about ending hunger, poverty, and injustice. if you would be asked to walk one hundred mile in a week, yeah, for which cause, you know, what reason would you walk?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> good question. Um and I think for me, um I, I, I would walk for, for children and youth. Um and uh I think the development of children all over the world, also yeah, also in the Netherlands. There um it starts with um, um yeah, uh, a good let's say uh, that that all children have the same chance in life. It's not it's not the case, uh, and I would put uh, my my money yeah, the, into into a course uh, that uh, helps support children and young people to find their place in this uh, world, and um, I find that really important. I became a, a, a grandmother uh, one and yeah. a half year ago. Yeah. And uh, yes, thank you. And um, uh, if I see this young life blooming and the, the 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 way he you know he develops and the chances he already gets now in life, uh, and you compare it to a lot of other kids uh, in this world, uh, I think if we could change something there um then the ripple effect would be really
2: great, I think. Mm. Yeah, so some
0: cause in that direction. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And and um are you you know
1: when you think about the younger generation and and the challenges that we have are you you know are you hopeful <clears throat> there or uh, you know or are you more mostly worried
0: no i'm 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 uh i'm quite an optimistic person um mm-hmm. yeah for me the class is always half full but um so i'm hopeful um it's also because my students they are so inspiring and so, um, uh, say, they are worried about the future of, of, of uh, the planets and uh, their own future, but they uh, put a lot of effort and energy into making the world a better place. Um, and uh, if I look at them, then I think, yeah, we will be fine in the end,
2: <laughs> I hope. <laughs>
0: um, I, although I find it a bit a difficult question, also because I'm hopeful, and at the same time I'm also worried, to be honest. But I always want to stay hopeful, especially for the young people, mm. because if I start to say, uh, you know, it's 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 going. The wrong way, uh, then I feel I give the wrong message to my, yeah, to my students also. Um, uh, they need a perspective. They need a um, um, perspective that um, what, uh, how, however small the things they are doing, um, it's 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 important to do and to take those steps. So that's why I try to keep hopeful.
1: Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't make sense. You're... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand you. <laughs> but let us assume your students are not listening to, to this podcast. What mm. What are you worried about then?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm worried
0: about. I'm really worried about the 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 climate change. I'm really worried about the the, the social and economic divide uh, all over the world, but also in the Netherlands. Uh, if I, if I look at the Netherlands, we are a rich country, very rich country. Uh, but if I if you see uh, the last past ten years, how the differences are growing between the haves and the have-nots, it's i think it's 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 uh, scary and alarming um, um and we live of course in in a democracy so it's the people who choose our government mm-hmm. and i don't understand why we still are choosing this government uh, while well, you can see that you know uh, there is this growing divide I'm worried about uh, the fact that, uh, well, when you look at COVID, for instance, eh, um, I believe that COVID is is a result of the way we treat the planet. Um, And if you look at how we turn quickly uh, to how we did things before COVID, Mm -hmm. everybody is again, flying, you know uh, uh, for one week going on holiday to whatever place um yeah that doesn't make me hopeful to be honest um yeah so th- th- those things that that is uh, uh, i think is scary and it's also scary for young people um, um and um, we started in our program a resi- a resilience lab this uh, last year because what we noticed during COVID that uh, a lot of young people um, got really depressed um, and they lost faith and hope. And we think it's uh, it's it's important um, to you. I think you can train resilience in a way. Uh, yeah. You know that also has to do with the inner development goals. Uh, to become stronger and more resilient towards, yeah, uh, changes towards um, things happening in the world, and to be really grounded in yourself, so that you feel strong to, yeah, to take to take it on.
1: Can can you explain a little bit more about you know how how you train, then your students in that lab? An example, maybe or yeah.
0: For example, meditation or uh, philosophy, or uh, so they can explore uh, things like Ubuntu or Seven Habits of uh, Covey or uh, these kind of uh, things. So mm-hmm. or art. Eh? How can you use art to find your own way? Uh, what does art or music Mean to you, uh, so in, in these kind of uh, things we uh, we try to incorporate or we incorporate in our program, um, and we have in uh, in our program also um, a special the concept that's called the value creators. It's in year three and four, and there. We give, actually, our students, there are no lessons. There are only uh, supporting workshops on Theory U of Otto Scharmer, for instance, and on um, um, complexity uh, theory, these kind of things. Um, and also the Five Minds for the Future of uh, Partner. I don't know whether you are familiar with that, but it's it's quite also similar to the Inner Development Goals. Students get, actually, the freedom to choose Um, a topic that is close to their heart and to make a change and what we tell them is we give you trust Uh, you have to connect with networks outside of the university and you have to work with other students on this topic and you have to create value and how big the value is or what the value is that's actually not really important it's more about the process Uh, we guide them very closely on that interpersonal uh, interpersonal process that they go through when they try to make the change happening that they find important. And there's a lot of things uh, happening then inside that we are then counseling with them. Uh, So that's how we, I I, I can't um, (laughs) explain it in a very uh, concrete way because it's a total four year program that yeah um that starts on day 1 in year 1 mm-hmm. until they graduate in different different tracks that are interrelated
1: yeah so if i if i listen to you carefully you know you try to approach it from a very holistic way looking also at yourself not only at you know the business that you would like to develop uh, but also at yourself um because at the end, uh, I think your philosophy is that everything is related, so you need to find a balance uh, within that. Um, you know, both for yourself as well as for the organization that you're trying to develop. But I'm, but I'm um,
0: exactly yeah.
1: um, interested in is I don't know if you follow your students after they have finished your, your study, and you know what type of businesses do they start? Um, you know, do they yes. start more you know, uh, businesses that have the three P's in mind, you know, people, planet and profit. Um, Are they leaning towards B Corps more or do they start NGOs as a result? Yeah, do you have any idea of... of,
0: Oh uh, yes, oh yes, yes, we follow them. We have a very uh, strong uh, alumni uh, community. Um, And uh, actually it's very, very uh, broad where they end up uh, after the studies. A lot of them, they go for master first uh, in very different uh, directions in the Netherlands or abroad. Um, And um, we have students working for, um, yeah, for companies either into a transition uh, towards a more sustainable business uh, or they are already a sustainable business. Uh, We have students working for banks we have students working for energy transition uh, companies or um, NGOs in develop, uh, developing uh, international co- uh, cooperation uh, sector. Uh, we have students who start their own business. Um, there's one business, it's uh, a clothing business, Ragnarok clothing, it's called, <clears throat> and uh, they uh, produce uh, sustainable uh, t-shirts Um, We have students, yeah, there's one student who is a uh, traveler, Uh, she decided um, not to pursue a uh, business career or a professional career, she's traveling with her boyfriend, Uh, very minimalistic, so she has a tent. Mm-hmm. And she has a small camper a van, and uh, they are traveling the world, making yeah uh, podcasts uh, about it and uh, or um, uh, uh, social media uh, content. So it's it's really very very uh, diverse. Uh, to be on yeah to be honest, and some students uh, did their PhD, and they are now uh, doing uh, working in universities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's all, they are all working, I think, um, uh, really, uh, some somewhere related to sustainable development goals, whether it's yeah. in um, social, ecological, yeah, um, sustainable business.
1: Yeah. Great. And so you feel that you are on the right track with, with the course, if you see, you know, that ultimately where your students are going
0: yeah I think uh I think we uh, we are uh and I also think we have the the obligation and the responsibility to reinvent ourselves <laughs> again because yeah the world is also changing uh fast and we need to adapt we need to be able to adapt quickly to that changing environment and one of the topics that is now important for us is um yeah, the, the well-being of, of young people and our students and try to keep them positive and uh, hopeful so that they see possibilities for really making a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. Great. Thank you.
2: You know, you, you mentioned uh, uh, yeah a little bit ago that... Um, started this
1: resilience lab and because you 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 know you saw that the youth in there were losing faith and and uh you know mental health issues were there i would like to piggyback a little bit on faith in relation to religion and spirituality um because and i think it has to do something with walking when i walk we very often talk about you know why i we on earth and you know, it's maybe also a kind of a spiritual activity when you walk for fifteen uh, miles on a day. Um, and then we, yeah, we we often talk with I often talk with my fellow walkers about the younger generation. Um, and I, I think, at least in the West, you see a trend that the younger generation are going less to church. Um, and then we get into discussions, oh, they are less uh, spiritual or, and some people say no, they are more or as as spiritual as, as uh, the older generations. So my, my question to you is, what do you see, you know because you work with a young uh, community they are going for their bachelor degree um, in terms of religion and spirituality, and is that different uh, from your perspectives than when you grew up and, and you know what you see in your own uh, generation?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, I think I think the young people are looking for spirituality. <laughs> uh, some find it in religion. Uh, I work at a at a university that is in the basis a Christian university. Um, <clears throat> uh, so we also have students who are Christian, but we also have students who are Muslim or other religious uh, background. But we also have a lot of students who don't have any religious uh, background, uh, and I I see that a lot of our students they are um, looking for um, um, inspiration, let's say that way, in uh, different sources, be it philosopher, uh, philosophers, or um, maybe meditation, maybe um, uh, you know. Um, other forms of spirit spirituality. So, yes, I think young people are not less, um, I think even more than my generation. Uh, I think my generation was uh, mostly concerned with, um, uh, yeah, I think uh, building a career, uh, and doing it better than our parents did it uh, in financial terms, in building a career. Um, I think in my generation, I, I was uh, when I was younger, I was very much aware from a young age um, onwards uh, of the inequality in the world and of environmental issues, but it was mostly also due to the fact that my My father worked for the UN when I was little and I used to live in different parts of the world, in in, um, different countries of Africa. So I uh, got that perspective from a young age, but I realized when I was like a teenager that a lot of my peers didn't have that at all. I felt a little bit like yeah, a stranger uh, in that respect. and I think uh, nowadays, uh, young people are much more looking for this kind of, um, yeah, what is what is my place and my purpose in life. Um, yeah, I think I can see that in my students.
2: Mm. Great, thank you.
0: And also in my I, also in my children mm. actually, I have three children. Yeah. They are very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, three di- very different uh, uh, kids, and all in their own way, they are looking for you know for spirituality in in their own in their own way. yeah okay
2: can, uh,
1: can you give an example of that?
0: No. for instance my uh, my youngest son um, he he um, he's very fond of music and uh, he listens a lot to very different uh, types of music and uh, lyrics. And I think that's also a a form of uh, spirituality uh, that you um, um, try to find meaning in life and get inspiration from, uh, from music.
1: Let me piggyback then on the on the music. Um, you know if i if I would ask you to mention a song or a piece of music that embodies for a big part what you are about, uh, which song or piece of music would that be, and why?
2: yeah,
0: um, now it's a, I've been thinking about that, of course, um, and um, for me, music is. First and foremost, uh, it has uh, it, it makes me happy, so I I like uh, music that I can uh, just feel and uh, and uh, makes me happy and I can dance on. That's uh, the first uh, thing that came, uh, comes into my mind, and I really like um, um, yeah soul music. Um, um, Uh, jazz and funk and uh, also uh, reggae music. Uh, I think it's really um, um, uh, nice to listen to, but also inspirational. Um, And if I have to pick one, it's difficult, but um, for instance, the music of uh, Jimmy Cliff, I think is uh, really inspirational. He has a lot of uh, songs that is about injustice. It's about uh, the struggle of uh, social uh, injustice. Uh, so Jimmy Cliff, I would say, and more recently um, artists that I learned through my youngest son is for instance, uh, Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. or uh, Jay Cole, uh, yeah, rappers from the United States that are uh, yeah, making music about uh also the struggles they go yeah. through. Uh, I like Arita Franklin, for instance. Um yeah, this kind of music. Right. It has a it has a message, but at the same time it also it also uh makes me feel hopeful and um and happy. And I think that's for me music. Uh it's it, it yeah, the function of music is also for me to make me happy and light and and yeah, feeling yeah, good.
1: Right, and and uh, I'm I'm going to f- try to force you to come up with one or two song titles uh, because just okay. you know to remind the listeners we have made a, oh, yeah. a song uh, playlist on on Spotify of all the choices of my guests. So that would be helpful to um, you know, from Jimmy Cliff no, or but- Rita Franklin or. Yeah. yeah.
0: No. Uh, yeah. The harder they come from uh, Jimmy Cliff. Okay. Uh Actually, that's also. It's very funny. My uh, one and a half year old son. He's uh, half Dutch, half um, Suriname. My daughter is actually. She's not half Dutch. She's not Dutch. She's half Dutch, half Indonesian and and Chinese. So it's a very mixed uh, grandson that I have with uh, also Suriname. Uh, um, uh, jeans and no, yeah, from all over the world, basically. And he's really into reggae music. As a, from a baby, uh, baby uh, onwards, he yeah. he he was into um, uh, reggae music. So when he comes to our place, we always play reggae music with and dance with him. And the harder they come is one of his favorites. So I would say
2: this Great. one. Yeah.
1: You know, talking about you know maybe the lyrics of the of the song and the type of song that you mentioned. Um, you know, racial justice unfortunately is still a you know a big uh, issue in our world today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I you know my organization celebrated its seventy fifth anniversary last year and we used it moment to really reflect you know how did we do on a number of issues but one of the issues is how did we do around racial justice and equity issues how can we do better um my question is to you is i know you you know you work for an academic institution but to look at the ngo sector um you know who often claim that they are working on you know all kinds of injustices um if you kind of look at the NGO sector as a whole, and again it's you know always dangerous to generalize, but um how do you think the NGO sector
2: did um around racial justice issues? Ooh. The yeah the NGO sector is very very huge. I'm totally aware, yeah. So um...
0: I don't. I, I. don't think I can have a, a good opinion about this, to be honest. Um, what I can see. What I can say is my own um, experience in the UN system. Yeah, yeah. and I see that um, in the UN system, it's um, uh, for me. It was uh, quite an eye opener um, to see how the UN system works. Um,
2: it is quite a
0: donor driven uh, system uh, with uh, the determining for a big part, uh, what has to be done in this world. Uh, and you, uh, if you look at a local level, I worked at different national offices. It was always, almost always someone from the West uh, being the head of the office. And the local people being, you know, the support office uh, staff, staff, the supporting staff. Um, and um,
2: yeah, that in itself, I think, is
0: already an indication how maybe racial injustice works. Uh, and then I'm not even talking about working uh, for, um, you know, uh, racial injustice programs, but already in the system itself, it's not equal. That's my own experience yeah. uh, from my own experience in the UN system. Uh,
1: there maybe and they would be helped it's... by looking at the inner development goals as well, right? Because that is. <laughs> You know, reflecting yeah. on who you are yeah. yourself
0: and how you, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's it's a little bit like, okay, you have to change, but we can stay mm. <laughs> the way we are. But that's not true. Uh, we can't do it like that. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to, to change a, a little bit in the UN system, but I was punished right away. Mm. It's not possible. Mm. Can you can you yeah.
1: elaborate on that example or or, or what you experienced what yeah, you try to yeah.
0: do? Yeah, I can. Um, well, to be honest, we earned an awful lot of money as a um expat or as a professional. I was not even a professional in the UN system, I was an associate expert, but I uh, I earned really ridiculous amount of money. Uh and um uh, then there was um, every year there was this big conference uh, that was um, uh, supported by UNESCO, where I worked for UNESCO, and a lot of uh, people from uh, different countries of the world would gather and, uh, you know, discuss about all kinds of topics. But at that time, UNESCO didn't have enough money to support people from, uh, let's say, a less less. Fortunate, rich uh, countries to uh, join the conference. Um, so I suggested. I said, "Well, you know, I earn enough money. I can pay for myself. If my support, the support that I get, give it to someone else, so that we can support other people to come and to discuss. Because what's the, what's the, the, the what's the, how do you say the, the, the purpose?" If only half of the world can be there, let's say it that way, yeah, be represented. Now, I sent that to the headquarters and I got, uh, there was no email at the time. I got a fax back uh, from the big boss of the UNESCO and he said, well, I should never, never, never come with this kind of suggestions ever again or I would be fired. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, really, and uh, because that would um, yeah change basically change the system, and uh, that was not the idea of the UN. No. Yeah, no, not longer. Long after that, I I quit mm. the organization because yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, it was not
2: for me.
1: Do you remember which year or how many years ago was this?
0: That's a long time ago. It's a long time ago, to be honest, yeah.
1: We hope that they have have somehow changed a little bit.
0: Maybe it has changed, yeah, maybe it has changed. And uh, another thing uh, about the inner development goals, one of them is collaboration. I think at the time that I worked for the UN, um, there was a lot of competition between the, the UN agencies. Uh, there was only one good example, I think. That was UNAIDS. It was a collaboration between different organizations to, um, yeah, to tackle the HIV uh, uh, epidemic. Um, yeah. And uh, but for the rest, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of competition between the organizations, which also I thought, why we are all here for the same, you know, reason. Uh, Why not collaborate more? And that was quite difficult at that time. But hopefully it's changed now. I don't know. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you. Um, You know, these conversations always go fast. and, And I have one last question for you. And that is actually, you know, do you have any last message or invitation or question for the listeners?
0: Maybe an invitation? uh something that I learned from my husband uh he, he is a teacher in um, uh, secondary school social studies for secondary school students um and um yeah he always says and I think he's really right in that that we have too many uh too many opinions in the world uh people with opinions and it's um it's the the, the the challenge is not to have an opinion but to have the good questions. Um, so that's maybe an invitation um more to myself also because I'm quite an opinionated person uh, and I try myself to to um, realize that um yeah, it's maybe more useful. To post the right questions, uh, than to have an opinion always.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for for today and sharing your experiences. And yeah, I learned I learned a lot, and 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 uh, you know the way you looked at it. And I, I'm really happy that uh, you're part of a academic institution that that uh, tries to work with uh, young people and students in a in a real holistic way. And and uh, you know, show people different perspectives because I I really think I, that's that's kind of you know my little goal of this uh, podcast as well to share different perspectives of perspectives and um, and then to listen. Um, so I I would agree with your husband in terms of you know very often we have those opinions and it's fine to have an opinion but maybe they don't need to be shared all the time. So uh, um, yeah, thank you so much and and all the best with everything you do. It's um uh, and I, I'm I'm absolutely sure our, our path will uh, will cross.
0: Right. Thank you, Maurice. Yeah.
1: Or listening to walk, talk, listen, please check us out on 100mile.org
2: or follow us on Facebook or Instagram.